Nowadays, there's stuff, and there's stuff you don't need to know. A podcast that talks about geek and nerd culture and brings you the things that you want to hear about. Hey everybody, welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. This is Jay, and hey, just as soon as one CW show ends, another one begins. So I just recently finished up Batwoman, so please go back and take a listen to that. Uh, And now another CW show, not just any old CW show, it is also on DC Universe, Uh, Stargirl just got started up. And if you listened to my last episode on Batwoman, I did say at the end of it that I was going to watch it and I was going to come back and give sort of my take on it. I'm going to tell you that right away. Um, I know when I started doing Batwoman, I pretty much watched the first episode and I just kind of gave my overview of it. Then I realized it's a pretty good show. I liked it. So I went episode by episode. I can tell you right now, week in, week out. I'm going to be going episode by episode with Stargirl. Seems to be a pretty good show. I like it so far. So we're definitely, you know, week by week, I'm going to be going episode by episode. Now, unlike uh, what I did with Batwoman and Doom Patrol and Titans and, you know, some other shows that I looked at, I'm not really going to go blow by blow, at least not for these first few episodes. I really want people to kind of, you know, jump in, start watching this show. So I'm going to kind of assume that if you're listening to this, Hopefully you've seen the first episode, but if you haven't, because I'm going to put it up front uh, in the description that it's very mild spoilers, I'm going to be doing mild spoilers. Uh, I will talk a little bit about the plot and and some characters and things like that, but I'm really going to try to keep the spoilers light because, like I said, if you haven't seen it yet, I really would like you to, um, to kind of jump on board and stop and stop. Sorry. To jump on board and start watching it. Okay. We're doing good today. Alrighty. So, uh, the show is created by executive producer, showrunner, I'm going to assume, too, Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns is a uh, writer for DC. He started way back in the early 2000s, I believe. Uh, He's also a movie writer as well. And, you know, he's tackled a lot. Uh, He's mostly written for DC. And again, if I'm wrong on some of these points, you know, please do correct me. But he's mostly written for DC. I'm pretty, I, I know that he has done some Marvel. But he's mostly written for DC pretty much taken on a lot of their major characters, even some minor characters. I know he did, um, I don't know if it was a limited series or if it was just a limited run. Um, he wrote a few, he wrote a few issues of a a Beast Boy comic. Um, he took on the Flash. He took on, uh, Green Lantern, uh, you know, Aquaman. I I mean, a lot, pretty much most of the key members, uh, of the Justice League he has written for. I don't think he ever wrote a Justice League comic He might have, again, if I'm wrong, uh, please correct me. But really, his first start in the world of comics and, you know, with DC was a series known as Stars and Stripe. Uh, You know, and that's really, really important because that's really going to factor in here with Stargirl. Now, I will admit, I never read Stars and Stripe. After watching Stargirl, I'm going to go take a look for it online and I'll probably uh, at least, you know, like I said, the uh, Jeff Johns run on it. I'm definitely going to try to to pick that up because um, I think it has, you know, a lot. Uh, I think it ties in a lot with what we're going to be seeing on Stargirl. So a few things that are a little interesting about this show is if you watch the other CW shows in the Arrowverse, and this is something that's going to come up, is where does this show fit in the Arrowverse? Because... If you've watched shows on the Arrowverse, if you watch, uh, I'm sorry, if you watch Arrow, Arrowverse shows on the CW, 
way back when in, I believe it was the second season. Yeah, I think it was the second season of uh, Legends of Tomorrow, the Justice Society of America and Stargirl figure kind of prominently during that season. Now, you know, this first episode of Stargirl, which is simply entitled Pilot, and again, I'm really going to try to keep the spoilers light, but there might be a little bit. Uh, we see the Justice Society of America with Starman. Now, I know from the comics, you know, at least from my experience with the comics, uh, is that Starman was a member of the JSA at some point. Um, when Legends of Tomorrow came out, and it was a lot of the classic members of the JSA with Stargirl, I was a little like, okay, you know, alternate Earths, alternate realities, that's that's fine. And, you know, again, same thing here. I'm absolutely fine with that. I think it's, it's a pretty good take to do things like that. So the show starts off, it pretty much starts off with just like a little paragraph kind of put up there talking about the golden age of heroes. And, you know, really the key heroes in the Golden Age that really protected all of us were the members of the JSA, the Justice Society of America. It then says 10 years earlier. So we're going to assume. And here's the thing. This is a CW show. Yes, it's an Arrowverse show. Yes, it is a DC show, but it's also a CW show. One of the CW shows that I used to watch, I don't really watch it anymore, uh, was Riverdale. Now, the thing with Riverdale is, as you know, Riverdale is based on Archie Comics. Archie Comics pretty much started back in the 50s. The JSA, and by saying that, hey, the golden age of heroes, the JSA were pretty much from the golden age of comics, which was like the 40s and the 50s. So the thing is, is by saying, you know, at the beginning of the show, hey, here's here's the events, golden age, 10 years ago. What's the time period here? Based on a lot of the things that we see, uh, I'm going to assume that it's modern day. It's 2020. So <laughs> making the golden age of heroes way back in 2010 and earlier. Now, the reason I bring up Riverdale is, Riverdale, as you know, based on Archie Comics, you know, Archie Comics came out in the 50s, you know, 40s and 50s, and it always, you know, through the run in the comics, um, you know, except for now with Mark Wade and what he's doing, it's always kind of kept that sort of like 50s vibe to it, uh, you know, in the look, in the feel, in the jokes and everything like that. CW Riverdale, definitely set during today, you know, during, during, during this time, but there's a lot of that 50s nostalgia thrown in there. Um, and it just kind of, it's almost, it's almost like an alternate reality, an alternate universe. You know, if you've listened to this show, you know, my daughter uh, Cassie has been on quite a few times. And when we used to talk about Riverdale, one of the things we, we used to talk about is, you know, is Riverdale like an Arrowverse show? Because on Riverdale, they would make reference to Batman and Superman and things like that. But, you know, we never got a sense of, um, I mean, one of the famous lines I could think of is something's going on, which is completely terrible, which always happened on Riverdale, something horrible, something terrible. And Veronica Lodge having the line of like, if you keep doing that, you're going to turn this place into Gotham City, which raises the question, Gotham City from the movies? Or is there an actual Gotham City that they're aware of? And they're like, yeah, Gotham City's not a great place. That's why they need Batman, maybe. Who knows? But, um, you know, the thing is, is the Riverdale, the Riverdale show always kind of existed in this universe that kind of blended 
all our modern <laughs> modern conveniences, but you know, all the technology and everything that we have now, you know, laptops, cell phones, uh, you know, high end stuff, the stuff that we really have right now. But a lot of the characters had a look and feel of the fifties, you know. You would see 50-style cars going around. Uh, you know, the Southside Serpents pretty much look like a 50s biker gang. Um, you know, Betty and Veronica would dress like... Girls don't dress like that. Like, girls in the 50s dressed like that. You know, girls nowadays don't really dress like, like the way Betty and Veronica do on that show. Um, so there was always kind of that... Yes, it's set in today, but there's a lot of that sort of 50s flavor to it. That's what we're kind of getting here with Stargirl, you know, and that was a really long way to go to get to get us to get us started here. But that's the thing is, is, you know, when we come to the present time and we see the characters, you know, pretty much start to, you know, interact with one another and kind of go about their business. Um, we we could tell that it's today because, um, you know, the main character, uh, you know, the the girl who's eventually going to go on to become Stargirl, um, Courtney Whitmore. Um, when she goes to school, you know, we see she pretty much looks like she's carrying like an iPhone. We see laptops and things like that. So it's definitely set now. But again, there's a lot of that 50s sort of influence in it, especially in the music. A lot of the music during this episode is 50s doo-wop or it's taking more modern songs, songs from the 80s the 90s and now and giving it kind of like a 1950s early 60s flavor to it so there's a lot of those overtones like those 50s overtones over it i think this is a really good idea because the justice society of america um you know at least when i first read it and i read a lot of the golden age stuff and even when they would try to write it again you know they would still kind of set it in that like that golden age era you know, it definitely had that 40s and 50s sort of feel to it, that noir type feel to it. And when this episode opens up and we see a battle between the Justice Society of America and the Injustice Society, even though they're saying, hey, this happened 10 years ago, so early 2000s, it really had that kind of like 40s, 50s sort of noir type feel to it. Like I said, we see key members, not every member of the JSA, but we see key members of the JSA fighting the Injustice Society. And the thing is, is um, Luke Wilson, you know, if you've watched the trailers at all, you know that Luke Wilson is in it. Uh, you know, Luke Wilson, uh, Luke Wilson plays Pat Dugan, uh, who's also known as Stripesy or Stripe, who was pretty much Starman's sidekick. And this is how the battle begins, is with him coming on the scene and he He's helping to introduce us to the Justice Society of America, or at least, like I said, key characters. Because if you know anything about the Justice Society of America, it was fast. It was huge. Pretty much all the Golden Age heroes were there. Uh, Golden Age Hawkman, Golden Age Green Lantern, you know, Golden Age Flash, uh, which is pretty much like the Jay Garrick Flash, you know, along with some other characters that are almost kind of like exclusive to the Justice Society of America, like, uh, you know, Our Man and Dr. Midnight and, and Wildcat and Starman. So, you know, his coming in here in his like... 50s Cadillac or his 50s, you know, 57 Chevy um, coming in there to help them out. He's helping to kind of introduce us to these characters. And what I think is really great is 
is a show like this, you know, Stargirl with the Justice Society of America and the Injustice Society, these aren't really well-known heroes. You know, we really don't know who they are. Yes, you know, way back when on Legends of Tomorrow, we did kind of see them, but this is going to be different. Now, what's really key here is not only do they introduce us to Starman and his cosmic staff, um, they introduce us, like I said, to key members of the Justice Society of America. We see Wildcat, we see Dr. Midnight, and we see our man. Now we do see, and, and by see, I mean Luke Wilson going around, seeing them down, seeing them getting beaten, and saying like, you know, oh my God, Wildcat, oh my God, our man, you know, Dr. Midnight, look out. He's introducing us. I mean, we see Jay Garrick's helmet laying broken um, later on in the episode. Um, excuse me, Courtney finds a picture of the Justice Society of America. And again, there's at least 20, 25 heroes in there. Golden Age Hawkman. I think we do see Golden Age uh, Alan Scott, Golden Age Green Lantern. Well, I don't know if it's Alan Scott, but we do see Golden Age Green Lantern there uh, and a few others. But we also see those key members. Now, the reason they're doing that, and this is not really too much of a spoiler, because if you've seen any promotional material for Stargirl, you pretty much know that she's going to inherit the cosmic staff. She's going to become Stargirl, the new Starman, if you will. She's going to become Stargirl, and she's pretty much going to reform the JSA with her friends. We really know this because, like I said, the ones that we see, we see Starman, and by the end of the episode, Courtney does get, you know, spoilers but i mean we know she's going to be a star girl so it's not really too much of a spoiler you know we see her get the cosmic staff and start to train to become star girl um and like i said the other members of the justice society that we are introduced to even though we do see a picture we do see more of them we know there's more of them out there or there were more of them out there um we see wildcat we see our man and we see dr midnight so three other members when courtney with her family moves to Nebraska, starts in a new school. It doesn't go well for her. Um, and this is where you also get a little bit of that Riverdale vibe there with sort of the clicks and the feel of the school with, you know, you have the queen bee there, you know, that you have the bad boy jock. And then, you know, when Courtney comes in and she's brand new and nobody's talking to her, the queen bee. And I think, you know what I mean by that? The queen bee, of the school is sort of like, that's the lunch table you got to sit on. That's the loser table. She goes over there where there are three other kids. So in the beginning, Luke Wilson, Pat Dugan, introduces us to the JSA from the Golden Era. And those key members, Courtney, who we know is going to be Stargirl, goes to school, <laughs> finds three kids. They're going to be the new Justice Society of America. Uh, you know, one of them will be Wildcat. One will be our man or woman who knows and uh one will be dr midnight i mean it's it's a little obvious you know I, but i think it was i don't want to say it was a little obvious i think the foreshadowing on it was very very good i think i would have to actually go back and take a look because the three kids that were sitting there were kind of i don't want to say dressed distinctly because that's one of the other things too is yeah we know that courtney is going to become star girl i mean it's obvious from the get-go Excuse me, but like what a lot of other CW shows have done in the past, like Smallville, Smallville, which, you know, never put Clark Kent in a Superman outfit. But I mean, you know, we saw Tom Welling walking around, you know, in the red, white and blue pretty much all the time. Courtney pretty much dresses red, white and blue, you know, not an American flag T-shirt, things like that. But you'll see she'll have blue pants. She might have a red jacket on with a white T-shirt on underneath. 
she has her Stargirl colors on right away. So it would actually be pretty interesting. I should probably do a rewatch and see the three kids that she sees sitting at the table, if they're kind of dressed distinctly to kind of hint at who they're eventually going to become, because I think it's pretty obvious that they're going to become the new Justice Society of America, because no sooner do they show up uh, in Nebraska, which I found this out afterwards. The battle that we see at the beginning between the JSA and the Injustice Society, where the Injustice Society pretty much wins, took place in Nebraska, specifically in this town that Courtney and her family moved to. Now, a little bit about Courtney and her family. So the night of that big battle where the Justice Society is pretty much defeated, it's Christmas Eve. Uh, yes, it's Christmas Eve. On that Christmas Eve, like every other Christmas Eve, Courtney's dad was supposed to come to see her. For some reason that night, he never shows up. So we get the defeat of the Justice Society of America. We get Courtney's dad vanishing. Like I said, Pat Dugan, he was Stripesy. He was Stripe. He was Starman's sidekick. Uh, when Starman dies, he pretty much hands over the cosmic staff to him and says, keep it for safe, you know, keep this for me, safekeeping until somebody else can take up the mantle of Starman. So the thing is, is then Pat Dugan goes on to marry Courtney's mom. They get together. It turns out that Courtney's mom, like, well, we don't really know where Pat is from. He's a little cryptic about it. But, you know, they go back to this small town in Nebraska. That's actually where Courtney, um, Courtney's mom is from. Luke Wilson appears to have some ties there. And no sooner do we get there, we see some of the members of the Injustice Society, the original Injustice Society. We see that they are still there, uh, albeit, you know, now taking on civilian disguises and probably for some nefarious purposes, this or that. We hear about something called the American Dream, which is a company or, you know, we, we're not really quite sure what it is, but it seems to be a pretty big business and it has a lot of influence because... Courtney, when she was going to school in California before they moved out to Nebraska, was a gymnast. She gets to this new school in Nebraska, and she's like, I'd like to try out for the gymnastics team. And they're like, well, that program has been cut, you know, because of funding, this and that. And we hear about this American dream. Um, so that's definitely going to come into play a little bit later on. Overall, I think this is a pretty good episode. Um, like I said, we see how Courtney inherits the staff. We see how she begins to train with it. Um, you know, the thing is, is she's not thrilled. She's not thrilled about moving out there. She's still kind of, you know, 10 years later, wondering what happened to her dad, finding the staff. You know, Pat, of course, discovers that she has found the staff. They talk. They talk about the Justice Society of America, this and that. And what's really, really great about it is, like I said, is that, you know, I don't know much about Starman. I don't know much about the Cosmic Staff, but apparently it's almost like it's sentient. And it's establishing, or I don't know, I don't want to say it's fully established a bond with Courtney, but it's definitely establishing a bond with Courtney. And at the end of the episode, we actually see her confront one of the, you know, original members of the Injustice Society, because uh, he kind of catches wind. He's like, you know, somebody wielding a glowing staff that moves around and blows stuff up. He's seen that before, so he goes to investigate. He actually confronts Courtney, and uh, Courtney does manage to get away. And in the process, at the end, as she's escaping, this massive robot comes out of nowhere, and we see that inside of it is Luke Wilson. And like I said, if you've read, if you had read the comic uh, Stars and Stripe, Stripe, S-T-R-I-P-E, is that massive robot. And again, you know, these characters and and 
you know, the JSA, the Injustice Society, all these characters, hardcore fans are going to know them. But your average, you know, fan, fan of the CW shows, you know, fans of like general comics, you know, in general might not know them. This was a really great introduction to them. Uh, some things were a little rushed, you know, but I can kind of understand why they were. That battle in the beginning, you know, how did the Injustice Society pretty much eliminate the Justice Society of America? I mean, they were the world's greatest heroes. How did that happen? We're not going to learn that right now. You know, it's going to carry out over this season. Um, like I said, I definitely think you should give it a try. It looks like it's going to be a really, really good series. And like I said, you know, the special effects look really, really good. Um, the acting in it is very, very good. And and the way they're telling the story is also, you know, little hints here and there, uh, very slowly starting to introduce us to, you know, characters that we really are not familiar with at all. You watch other Arrowverse shows, you know, you might have a pretty good idea of, you know, even before watching it of, you know, who is Supergirl? Yeah, we might kind of sort of know who Batwoman is, the Flash, Green Arrow. We might kind of sort of know these heroes, and we'll learn more throughout the show. But starting off here, you know, unless you're, like I said, unless you're really a hardcore fan, you really don't know much about Stargirl. And this is a great place to get started and get to know her. And like I said, after seeing this first episode, I'm definitely going to take a look for Stars and Stripe. Um, you know, the the original, you know, the, this like I said, this is the series. Um, this is the series that... Uh, he pretty much got started with, and I'm definitely going to read it because I think, I don't know if it's going to tie in directly to the show, but if it's as well written as the show, especially this first episode's been, uh, I definitely think it'll be a good read. Guys, thanks for listening. Do me a favor, head on over to Instagram. Stuff you don't need to know is there. I post pictures about the content that I talk about. This is Jay, and I'll talk to you guys later. Zoom.